Well, good evening and welcome to Sunday Night Local, our half an hour gathering around the word on a Sunday evening. And uh, if you're watching this live tonight, a massive welcome to you. Why don't you say hello in the chat section if you're watching this on an iPhone or an iPad or laptop, whatever enables you to um, be in a chat function and just say hi to people. And why not just communicate on that tonight? as we journey through some thoughts. Or maybe you're listening to this later on in the week, uh, then a massive thank you for you to joining in uh, to our thoughts that we are sharing. I hope that you've had a brilliant Sunday or a good day whenever you're listening to this. And uh, this past week for Kirsty and I have been uh, good with the girls. We've not had to do homeschooling, which has been absolutely brilliant and been able to uh, not have to juggle homeschooling and work at the same time, being able to focus on one or the other, just having time with the kids or really focusing on uh, working without any distractions, which has been a welcome change. And of course, tomorrow night, uh, Boris will share his announcement of what is to come and the roadmap out. And so we eagerly await that and see what is to come in terms of church on a personal basis as well. And just praying that hairdressers can open up really soon as well in amongst all the uh, wanting to gather again for worship and the kids going back to school. Uh, that's in there in some sense of importance of getting my hair cut at some point before I actually just end up with a massive bouffant going on, probably too late. But anyway, we're not here to talk about my hair, we're here to talk about the Word of God. And we're continuing the series of thoughts that we've been in, journeying through this teaching on building the house. Now remember, when we talk about the house, we're referencing the house being our lives individually, our households, um, but also the church, both locally and globally on the earth. And so we've got two weeks left in this series, and then we're going to begin a brand new series of teachings on Sunday Night Local in March that's all based around the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's going to be a brilliant um, series. It's called The Believer's Toolbox, and we're going to be building upon what Pastor Andy's communicating on a Sunday morning and really talking specifically about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are they? Uh, what does the Bible say about them? How do we use them in our daily lives? It's going to be a really empowering series, so tune in for that. But the next two weeks as we finish this series, I believe we're going to be really powerful as we wrap up these thoughts on building the house. And so tonight we're going to dip into the completion of the walls, the narrative of Nehemiah that we've been in. We've been talking a lot about Ezra and Nehemiah. We're going to dip into that storyline again this evening. Uh, but then we're going to look at something practical for our lives. And then next week we're going to wrap up the whole series by talking about how do we protect what God has built in our lives. But here's the key thought that I want to pull out of tonight's study together. And hopefully you've got your Bible to hand, you've got a notepad and pen, a cuppa, and are just ready to take in what the Holy Spirit wants to speak into your lives this evening. Here's the key thought that I want to pull out together. It's this thought, that unless the Lord builds the house, we labour in vain. That it's God who builds the house. That ultimately, anything of true worth and success in our lives, whatever that may be, whatever it may look like, is built by God and not in our own strength. Now here's a key verse that when I speak this way probably automatically comes to mind. It's in Psalm 127 verse 1 and it's King Solomon um, talking and we've got it in our Bibles as Psalm 127 verse 1. And what we're going to do is look at this verse, then we're going to lay a foundation and then we're going to come back to this verse to look at how it applies practically in our lives on a daily basis. So Psalm 127 verse 1, let's read this together. Just give you a moment to turn there because this is a key verse for this evening. So if you're taking notes, Psalm 127 verse 1, and this is what it says. 
Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Okay, so keep that verse in mind. Unless the Lord builds a house, we labour in vain. Psalm 127 verse 1. Let's delve into, for a moment, the account of Nehemiah. And then we're going to go back to Psalm 127. So, Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 15. We've been journeying on the account of Nehemiah from the moment where he was uh, called by God. Uh, and heard about what was going on in Jerusalem. He was a cupbearer to the king of Persia at that time, if you remember. And we have journeyed through the account with Nehemiah. And over this series, we've looked at a whole load of things from this account from Nehemiah, that God rebuilds a beauty out of ashes, that he's a God who rebuilds and restores. We've talked about unity. We've talked about putting Jesus at the center. We've talked about the importance of prayer. We've talked about taking ground for the kingdom of God. All these things that are available for you to catch up at FC Space Live on YouTube. And there's now um, a section, a playlist that's just for having Sunday Night Locals all together. Um, so you can go there and uh, watch those. But we've been journeying through this account of Nehemiah and here's um, where they complete the wall that they've been building. Ne Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 15. It says, so on October the 2nd, now your Bible, uh, your translation may say the 25th day of the month of um, Elul, which in the ancient Hebrew calendar was essentially October the 2nd that we have in our calendars. And this is 445 BC. So on October the 2nd, the wall was finished. Just 52 days after we had begun. Now I want to just take a moment just to pause and for us to understand the magnitude of this moment. That this is huge, this accomplishment is massive what they have achieved in 52 days. Um, because this isn't like a garden wall that they've rebuilt, okay? They haven't reinforced a garden fence in this moment. This was the walls of Jerusalem and if you study the walls of Jerusalem they're two and a half miles long. They are um, an average height of 40 feet. It's an average thickness of around eight feet. In some places that extends to 17 feet wide. Then there's the watchtowers that they had to build as well. And they're rebuilding this, this section of a wall. Uh, and as they're rebuilding, they're using, remember, these charred stones that came as a result of a fire in Jerusalem many years before. Do you remember, we looked at that a few weeks ago, that as the opponents of a building came and the, the people, their enemies came and they belittled them, they talked about the charred stones that they were using. They were using these stones to rebuild the wall. Now, on top of that, they've got this constant opposition coming against them. And so halfway through the building project, remember, half of them had to stop working and the other half were building with, with uh, you know, a trowel in one hand, a tool in one hand and a weapon in the other. On top of that, these people come from all walks of life. They're not necessarily builders. They're all different tradesmen. And yet here they are building something that isn't natural to them. And they're led not by this master builder or this master architect. They're led by a cupbearer. And so you put all of that together. And it's no wonder that we read the words that we read in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 16, the next verse. It says this, off the back of a completion of the walls. It says, when our enemies... And the surrounding nations heard about it, the rebuilding of a wall in 52 days. They were frightened and humiliated. Now remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how opposition will always come when you're building something of significance in life. Especially something of significance 
for God. And so this opposition came and they were mocking them and they were belittling them. And one person says, even a fox walking on that water would make it collapse. And here they are now hearing what God has done through these people in 52 days. And it says they were frightened and humiliated. They realized, listen to this, that this work had been done with the help of our God. I love the way the New King James Version puts it, it's a little bit stronger. It says, they perceived that this work was done by our God. Nehemiah, every step of the way, gave God glory in this rebuilding. And he says, without God, this wouldn't have been possible. Now, just pause there because I want us to contrast that with somebody else in the Bible. We read about it in Daniel chapter 4. Because here's Nehemiah and what we've just read, glorifying God for what has been built in and through him, the rebuilding of the walls in 52 days. But here in Daniel chapter 4 verse 30, we see King Nebuchadnezzar, who we know is a man who was prideful and arrogant. Listen to what it says in Daniel chapter 4 verse 30, such a contrast. It says, as he looked across the city, Nebuchadnezzar said, look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendor. What a difference. Here is somebody who has built something of significance and he's glorifying God. Here is somebody else in Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar, who has built something and is glorifying himself in this moment. And if you read in Daniel chapter 4, um, you see that it doesn't really work out very well for him because the judgment of God comes upon him because of his pride and his arrogance. But what was the difference? Why did Nehemiah give God the glory in this moment? Because he understood the same thing that Solomon, who remember was the wisest man who had ever lived, he understood the same thing as Solomon did when Solomon wrote these words that we read in Psalm 127. We read these a moment ago. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labour in vain. See, Solomon understood something that we need to understand tonight and that we need to constantly have a knowledge of as we live our daily lives and look to build in life. That we are totally dependent upon God to build anything of significance. We are totally dependent upon God to build the house, whether that house be our church or whether that be every area of our individual lives and our household. In any activity, we need God's blessing. Because unless God is involved, all that will accomplish won't be worth anything. It won't have eternal significance. It may last for a moment, but it won't be carrying God's stamp of approval upon it. And so Solomon says, we can build and we can watch and all these things we can do ourselves, but it is the Lord who gives success. And trying to accomplish things in our own strength, trying to build a great career or a great marriage or a great church or whatever might be, without God's blessing, without his wisdom, is pointless. I don't want that to be my testimony. How about you? I don't want my testimony to be that I spent my life building a whole load of different things, but it wasn't God who was building them. And so it was fruitless and it was pointless. And I wasted the days that God had given me on this earth. I don't want that to be your testimony either. So I want us to look at this how this practically applies to our everyday life this evening. And we're going to look at two aspects. Firstly, us as a church, the local um, church called Family Church Haven, the people of God that he's pulled together to be Family Church Haven, how this affects our church. But then secondly, how this affects your life on an individual basis. So how does this affect us as a church? First and foremost, very simple answer. It's God who builds the house. 
Jesus is building his church. Now, here's the great thing, that we are called to co-labor with him. I just think that that's incredible. That God could do whatever he needs to do in his own strength and his own ability. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need any of us. And yet he chooses to use us and every single other believer in the Haven area who's um, a part of a body of Christ in those areas, affecting those communities for the glory of God in Haven. He chooses to use us to be the body of Christ on the earth. He chooses to use us to extend his kingdom. What an incredible privilege we have. But let's not kid ourselves that we're anything special outside of what God has made us to be. It's not us who are building, it's him. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus declared, I will build my church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth and uh, they're in this moment where they're saying, well, I, I think Paul's the best or I follow Paul or Apollos is a better leader, or, Apollos is a better teacher. And this kind of still goes on in the 21st century, doesn't it? That you may hear people say, oh, follow this person on, on YouTube and their teachings or listen to this podcast or this church is incredible because of this leader and all these kind of different things. And we, we can applaud uh, what God is doing through a person, but listen to what Paul says, and this is important. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 to 7 <clears throat> he says these words 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 to 7 he says who is Apollos really who is he or who is Paul and this is Paul obviously writing this himself he says aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us I was the one who planted the church and Apollos came and cared for it other translation says he watered it, but it was God who caused it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anything special, nor the one who waters it, there it is. But God is the one who brings a supernatural growth. God builds the house. God builds the church. He brings growth to every area of our life individually and to our ministry. And yet he invites us to play a part, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, that you know, God wants your involvement. God doesn't want you um, to just, you know, have it done for you. He doesn't want you to be a robot. He wants for your free will. He wants your involvement. As we said, God could have rebuilt the, the walls of Jerusalem just like that. Like the click of his fingers. He could have just done anything. There's nothing too hard for him. But he chose to use Nehemiah and the people of God to rebuild the walls. But it was him who did the miracle. It's him who truly builds. It's him who changes life. And he alone deserves the glory and the credit. Amen. Romans chapter 11, 36 says these words. Paul writes, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So let's let's carry on this thought of Jesus building the church. Paul, Peter talks in 1 Peter 2 about Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Again, he is central. He is foundational. He is the one upon which everything is built. And then God chooses to use us as individual stones that he places together for his glory, this temple that he is building up. 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 5 says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honour. And you are living stones which God is building into his spiritual temple. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 to 22, Paul writes these words. He says, <clears throat> so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers or foreigners, 
You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Isn't that a great thought in itself? But we are members of a family of God. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself, echoing what Peter has just written a moment before. He says, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. So clearly scripture teaches us that the church is built by Jesus. Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. God leads us by the person of the Holy Spirit. And anything outside of that, do you know what? It's merely just a a man-made social club that occasionally does charitable deeds. I don't want that to be our church. I don't want that to be family church heaven. I don't want to give my life to being used by God to build something or him building through us something that's just man-made, something that he's not building himself, something that's void of his spirit. Now we want the first version of what I just mentioned because unless the Lord builds the house, we're laboring in vain. So that's from a church perspective. But what about us as individual believers, as individual people, as individual families living our lives? How do we make sure that God is the one building our lives for his glory? Because in Psalm 127, when Solomon says those words, unless the Lord builds the house, it's speaking metaphorically of the Lord's involvement in our daily life. You see, that word house is the Hebrew word baeth, baeth, and it's used over a thousand times in the Bible. And it's used literally to refer to to buildings like um, temples and, and palaces and homes. But it's also used figuratively to refer to households and to families. It talks about our understanding of identity. It talks about our place in the world. In other words, Solomon is making this point that this encompasses our whole life. He's not talking about God building a physical home, even though that term can be used. He's talking about our lives, that we cannot live a fulfilling life without God's help. We cannot lead a fulfilling life without his guidance and over without his protection over the house that he is building. Now that doesn't mean that we just sit around and put our feet up and take no responsibility for our lives. No, God has called us to take responsibility for our lives. We're called to live our lives and to build, but we're called to build under God's direction. We're called to build under his wisdom, strengthened by his spirit, under his hand of blessing. Otherwise, it's fruitless. Now Jesus used another metaphor similar metaphor in Matthew chapter 7 didn't he when he talked about the sermon on the mount he talked about the wise and the foolish builders he says there were two people who were building he says there was a wise man who built and he built his house upon the rock and that song is flowing through your head as I'm saying this tonight the wise man built his house upon the rock we'll leave it there but then there was a foolish man now notice he still built He still, as Psalm 127 puts it, he still laboured. But he laboured in vain because unlike the wise man who built upon the foundation of Jesus, in this metaphor, he builds and it all comes crashing down because he left God out of the process and he built according to his own limited wisdom. There's a word of warning for us in that. So let's look at how that affects 
and outworks our lives for us personally on our, on our daily life, Monday to Sunday. How does this affect our life? Whether it's our purpose, whether it's our career we're building, whether it's our family, our friendship groups, whether it's ministry, finances, whatever it might be. I've got <clears throat> four quick points that I want to put to you tonight. And we're just going to go through these in the time that we have left. And in each of these points, there's a question that I want to put to you tonight. So four points, four questions as we look to make sure that God is the one building the house and that we are not laboring in vain. Here's point number one, if you're taking notes. Build with God at the centre. Build with God at the very centre. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He later said in Matthew 22, verse 37, Love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your mind. If we want to build successfully, then everything that we do must first flow out of our relationship with God. Our career should be about glorifying him and not ourselves. Should be pointing to him and not who we are and how good we are. Our marriages should be built on the ways of God. The way that we raise our kids should be about them having a personal revelation and walk with him. Us pointing them in that direction, believing that they won't depart that way that's the most important thing that's more important than them having you know doing well academically though that's important but the most important thing is their walk with God our greatest friendships should be ones where iron sharpens iron so that we are greater people in terms of our walk with God and so on and so on so here's my question for you as we talk about building with God at the very center here's my question think about your life is God the chief architect of your life? Is God the chief architect of what you are looking to build in life? If not, then how could you change that moving forward? Is, is your friend the chief architect of your life? Is, there, is that, that preacher on YouTube the, the one who's building your life? Is God the chief architect of your life? Because unless you are building the house of your life according to God's patterns and God's designs, you are laboring in vain. It's pointless. And that's not me just saying that being grumpy tonight. That, that's not uh, my opinion. That's the word of God. That's the word of God coming through Solomon in Psalm 127. Unless God is building the house, you are laboring in vain. Point number two, build using God's wisdom and direction. Build using God's wisdom and direction. Proverbs 24 verse 3. I want to read this from the Amplified. I love the way that it puts it and expands it. It says, through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, which means a life, a home, a family, is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. Through skillful and godly wisdom, a life, a home, a family is built. What a great verse. Listen, when we build, we need to build using not worldly wisdom, but the wisdom that's available to us through God. Now, how do we get that wisdom? Simple, we ask. James 1 verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, I know a lot of the time I lack wisdom in all areas of my life, but the invitation is there for me that if I lack wisdom, we should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will, not it might, it will be given to you. Now, how does God give us that wisdom? How do we get it? We ask him for it. How does he give it to us? A number of ways through the preaching and teaching of God's word through uh, wise counsel. But two 
powerful ways and fundamental ways that he will give you his wisdom is through his word and through prayer. Through his word and through prayer. Daphne shared some great thoughts with us last week, didn't she, on how Nehemiah, as he took ground for the kingdom of God, he did that on a foundation of prayer before he then went to rebuild. Here's my question for you. Are we daily praying and reading the word of God, seeking God's wisdom as we build? Or are we just temporarily or sometimes dipping in and out of it? Listen, I I want to, on a daily basis, know that the wisdom that I have is from God. But when I'm looking at different areas of my life and moving forward and building different areas of my life, I don't want to do it according to my wisdom. I don't want to do it according to what the newspapers say. I don't want to do it according to what this guru would say. I want to do it according to the word of God and what he has to say, his wisdom for my life. Because otherwise, I'm going to make decisions that are going to cost me. If you build without godly wisdom, it may cause you to fail, or you may end up with something that is good when actually God has something great in store for you. Build using God's wisdom and direction. Point number three, build using God's provision. Build using God's provision. Remember last November, we talked about one of the names of God being Jehovah Jireh, that he is the one who provides. And again, that's all available for you to catch up if you missed that last November. But we spoke about the fact that whatever we have need of, God can provide for us. Now, as you're looking to build in life, build using God's provision. Look to him to provide. Now, you may need wisdom, as we said a moment ago. He'll provide it. You may need strength, you may need peace, you may need joy. He will provide all of these things. Don't look to the world to provide what only God can truly provide. Here's something else I want to say to you. When it comes to maybe your career or your finances, don't let those things be an idol in your life. Because they can't provide for you in the way that God can. Listen, if the last, I don't know, 15 years have taught us nothing, it should surely by now with a a banking crisis around the world a number of years ago and now a global pandemic that we still find ourselves in right now. It surely has taught us that we can't look to the things of this world to provide for us. We can't trust in the things of this world. We trust in God to provide. We trust in God to give us everything that we have need of. Remember, as we seek first the kingdom, he will provide all that we have need of. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. A New Living Translation says, it's him who gives you the power to be successful. Let's know that God is our provider of all things, not just materialistically, of all the emotional things that we have need of, all the spiritual things that we have need of, all the relational things, and build according to that. Otherwise, we'll be like the man in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, where Jesus taught the parable of the sower, and it says that there was one seed in the, 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 the ground that it landed on. It, because of the deceitfulness of wealth and the distractions of this life, it choked out the harvest that that seed could have produced within it. Let's not build in such a way that we're distracted, that the lure of wealth uh, are taking our attention away from what God wants to do. What do you have, or sorry, what do you need provision of? Because of whatever you have need of, God will provide. And finally, number four, build in the knowledge that only God truly fulfills. Building the knowledge that only God truly fulfills. Listen, let me say this to you tonight. Don't let what you're building 
take you away from a real point of your life. Don't let what you're building take you away from a real point of your life. Listen, there's a number of things that we can build on a daily basis in our lives. And a number of those things are great. They're not wrong. A number of those things, there's godly direction in his word. He talks about how to build successfully in those areas of your life. So they're not wrong. But don't let those things take you away from the main thing. Don't let what you're building take you away from the most important thing to build. And that is your own personal relationship with God. Here's my question. Think about the past few weeks. Now, I know we're a bit of a different season because of lockdown and all that, but think about your life on a consistent basis over the last few months or the last couple of years. Think about how you spend your life. You spend your time, which in essence is spending your life, you spend your time building a lot of things, no doubt. But is the best of who you are, the best of your energies, the best of your time given to building your relationship with God? Because if not, I want to challenge you to do something about that. Not as a form of legalism, not because you feel you have to, but because not only should God come first because of who he is, but the reality is when we have things right, and when we have Jesus as our foundation, and when we're building our life upon the rock, and when we're building with God at the centre, as I said a moment ago, the truth is when we put our relationship with God first, all the other things in our life will be in the strength that they should and could be. Unless the Lord builds a house, we labour in vain. I want to challenge you to go over those points and go over those questions if you make notes of them tonight or go back and listen to this and pick out the questions. And I want you to find some time this week to pray through those questions and seek God. And as the Holy Spirit, if he points something out in your life, just allow him to bring change into that area of your life so that we will be in a place where we're not trying to build in our own strength, where we're not building something that for the moment looks impressive but comes crashing down, whether that's relationships or careers or whatever it might be. Let, let's not build ministries and churches where, where it's all built on man and it comes tumbling down. Now let's be people who understand that unless the Lord builds the house, we labour in vain. But when we allow God to build, it's miraculous. It changes lives. It does something dynamic. It causes the kingdom of God to grow. Let's be people who say, God, I want to build with you at the very centre. I want to look to you to provide. I want your wisdom in how I build in life. I pray that that's been a challenge to you tonight, that there's been some, some biblical foundation that you can practically build upon. And really look to put this into your life. Next week we're going to be back and we're going to be looking at all the stuff that we've looked at. How do we protect that? How do we protect what we are allowing God to build in our lives? And that's going to be a great week together. Before you head into this new week, let me just pray for you as we close this evening. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have given us the blueprint of how to build successfully in life. I pray for every single person watching this evening or maybe listening to this a little bit later on. I thank you that we don't need to build in our own strength. Father, deliver us from the foolishness of trying to build in our own ability. And God, let us be people who say, God, unless you're building it, we don't want any involvement because we will just be building in vain. Father, as we put your word and your opinion center stage, Father, I thank you that we will build strong in our lives, in all areas of our lives individually, and a strong church that will bring kingdom influence to that area of heaven. Father, I just pray blessing upon every single person here in this 
tonight or later on. May they have a great week where they grow more in their knowledge of you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for God encounters this coming week. Father, I thank you that though times may be different, even though we're still in lockdown, you are going to be at work in and through every single person who is listening to this. Father, thank you. May you be glorified in our lives in these coming seven days. Amen. See you back here next week for more Sunday Night Local.